Oh, welcome to TA Overtime Friday Finance with Kevin K. This is the midweek financial show of Brook Talks America uh, program. So my, I'm your host, Brooke Says. I'm here with Kevin K. Welcome, Kevin. Hey, good morning. Good morning. So let's get to it. There's lots of stuff going on in the world of finance and money this week, eh? Yeah, big week, big <laughs> Little week, bit. turbulent Just, week. Yeah. So one of the biggest issues from last week, you know, was uh, that we're going to get into the pipeline, obviously, was the terrible job numbers. I expect so that it was like 250 or something like that. And they expected a million. So it was obviously catastrophic for them. The, um, you know, the regime tried to play it down, whatever. But um, one of the things that I don't understand, I expected the market would plummet. It actually went up to like 250, something like that. What that doesn't make sense to me on its face. What? Why did that happen? Well, we've mentioned before in the past, the market's not an indicator of what's going on in the economy or the financial situation of the world. The market is is just separate. And they do people, react to issues, though. Well, sure, they do react to issues, but they react to issues based upon what people are willing to pay for something. That's all the market is. The market uh -huh. is, hey, Brooke, what are you willing to give me for this stock A that I'm willing to sell you? It's not an indicator of anything else. I mean, it can be, and people try to make simulations that it is, but the reality is what you're willing to pay for a stock really doesn't always have anything to do with what's going on in the jobs market or interest rates or. What if the, what if the, what if the unemployment was 10%? No, because people wouldn't have money to buy the stocks, right? It just depends upon which stock it is. Touché. I mean, that there, there, there is, I mean, if you want to put it in the purest sense in that correlation, yes, but. You know, that's not what happened. What happened was that the stock, the, what happened was that the jobs reports were different than what everybody expected. And I'm sitting here telling you that all the reports are going to be different than what everybody expects because we're coming out of this period of time. We're coming out of a year where we have not seen this. We, we really don't have anything to compare it to. Mm -hmm. I mean, right. whether or not you're looking at the economy, whether or not you're looking at um, um, job reports, whether or not you're looking at, uh, you know, consumer trends. Um, about the only thing we can look at, and, and it seems to be skyrocketing, is the cost of housing. You know what it costs. And to we're going to get into that. Buy a house. Yeah, we're going to get into all that. But the re but but the truth is, yeah, the jobs reports. See, here's what's going on. Keep in mind that the market is driven. When you look at those numbers, when you look at those ticker numbers, and don't take this as an absolute, but just take it take it as a as a what I'm going to call a theory. It is driven by what we call the retail investors. The retail investor, do you, do you know who the retail investor is? Do you know the what big, I mean when I say the retail investor? The big companies. No, the retail no. investor is the little guy. Okay. Is the you and I's. Okay. The like the day trader Joe. Right. The institutional yeah. investors are people like the government. Okay, right. The right, big right. insurance that, companies, yeah, the banks, and things like that. Okay, uh huh. And so when you, look at the, when you look at the stock prices and things like that, very, very small percentage of stocks are actually changing hands. You know, each each company is going to be different. But when Apple stock is going up and down throughout the day, there's a very when you look at the aggregate, the total percentage of Apple stock that is that is either owned by Apple, you know, or it is out there and owned by others. It, it's very, very small. So maybe one percent or two percent or maybe a half a percent or a tenth of a percent of the stock traded that day. And that's what dictates the capital, the cap cost, we call it, or the value of the company. Uh -huh. It's the retail investors. Remember, we talked in the previous week or two how I believe that the market is just incredibly frothy. 
You know, it's like the waves right. churning in the ocean. You and know, we're going to get into that. Yeah. They're breaking on the coast. Right. And the retail investor is an emotional investor. The retail right. investor is with TD Ameritrade. They're, they're with everybody, but they're like the guys and gals who are trading on Robinhood. It's like, it's like funny money. It's like Vegas money. You know, everybody wants to make it rich. Everybody wants to get in on the game, you know, GameStop gig. Everybody wants to get on on the Bitcoin gig. You know, everybody's looking for the shortcut. And that's what causes outside of, you know, some economic indicators. That's what causes volatility um, right. in the markets. Job but reports. It did, so it went up after the jobs report, but then it went to like two and change. But it went down like seven and change. Later and, in now, the week. and now it's back and now it's gained, right. you know, everything but what, 200 or 250. Right. When, when I see those types of numbers. Why did it numbers, go down? Because the retail investor is, is going crazy. They're worried about chicken little, the sky is falling. Okay. <laughs> People go, oh my God, oh my God, I can't breathe. I got blown into a bag. I got to sell, 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 sell. Right. And that's what's yes. going on. And in, in the meantime, in the meantime, and you know, believe me, I'm not always right. Remember, I'm only trying to play 500 ball. I'm right. sitting here giggling and grinning. Because I'm the guy who's going in the opposite direction. I'm the guy who's mean? going, okay, I'm the guy, when everybody else is selling, the market's going down, I'm buying. Really? Okay. Those, you know, I mean, come on, the market's coming down, you know, several hundred points. Well, you're buying Those, it after it comes down so you can buy it low. I'm watching as it comes down and as I see it, we call it, or what I call it, I call it, don't take this wrong, the dead cat bounce. Right. And don't have the cat lovers hate me. Poor dead cat. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, as it's bouncing and coming near the bottom, and I'm watching, all of a sudden it starts trending up. Right. It starts to tick up. You know, I'm going to buy. I'm going to start buying. Then now, is print, that the institutional investor that's going to do that as well? No, the institutional investor is really what they're doing is they're just standing. They're, they're doing standing. nothing. Okay, right, right, right. They're doing absolutely nothing. The you know your 401k or you know your pension plan or whatever. They're they're long term thinkers. They're they're, they're looking at, hey, where they're do I steady. think the market's, yeah, they, where, where do I think the market's going to be in a month or in a year, okay. you know, two years and things like that. So the market volatility, from my opinion, from my opinion, is really based upon push by the retail investors. You know, people are reading what, you know, Warren Buffett's saying or they're reading, you know, what right. Elon Musk is saying. And, you know, people go, you know, they, their hair's on fire. They throw their hands up in the air and, you know, they go. That's not the way to invest. It really isn't. Yeah. It's, and so... <laughs> So for I mean, those, a couple of people did well, like on the short term on GameStop, but then a lot of them lost. And you always oh say that the, the other people cleaned up, right? Right. The institutional absolutely. investors on that situation cleaned up. Well, the big the big boys absolutely yeah. did clean up. The big boys have played not in GameStop. Not too many institutional investors played, but a lot of the hedge fund managers played. Right. You know, but a lot of the big up. money players, yeah. um, individuals played because they, hey, look, you know, I, I mean, I don't particularly know, but somebody knows what GameStop is really worth. You know, how much does it cost to go ahead and operate that business? How much money can that business really make? What's the profitability? And there's just no way that that stock was worth what people were, were selling and buying it for when it was, you know, at thousands over its previous value. It just it made no sense. It's just right. not possible. And this is why we're doing that podcast, because that's two sentences. There's some noise in the background, by the way. Those two sentences are you are an unemotional, pragmatic guy. You just you just talk about the numbers and that's it. And that's why that's why we're doing this, because you're very smart about it. And you you talk about it in the way that's opposite of the emotional. You just say, here are the numbers, here are the facts. Here's why things are done. You know, that's why I, yeah, I, I simply try not to be emotional. And again, yeah. I am also willing to be wrong. Yeah. You know, like I say, I'm willing to play 
I'm a terrible baseball player, but I'm, <laughs> I, all I want to do is I want to win five out of 10 times. Right. If I win five out of 10 times, I'm going to do much better, much better than most. Yeah. And that's, that's all I'm looking to do. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So Biden is acting like the, uh, the, the numbers are not a big deal, you know, whatever you want to say about that, but the, there, he's also acting like the the extended unemployment. It's not just unemployment, right? So that comes from the state. It's the extra money per week that's, you know, on top of it that's making people stay home now, which is, you know, ridiculous. It always has been. It's the, not just, ridiculous. It's, well, Brooke, whatever, I'm going to tell you it's not ridiculous. I, Brooke, I'm talking to the people that are trying to hire people. Yeah. You know, when I go by and I see a sign and it says help wanted, I go in and I talk to them. No, you I'm know, saying it's it, ridiculous to add that money on top of it. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I got it's you. ridiculous well, to add six hundred dollars okay. a week. Well, of course, people. I, I'm, are I'm, I'm certainly not a fan of it, you know, because yeah. I I believe in the fiscal responsibility aspect of it. Right. But the one thing, the one thing, thing but adding ahead. an extra incentive bonus on top of it for to stay home is not is ridiculous. Well, I that's think why they can't find the employees. Well, I, I I agree with that, but I think what he has recently said and what I'm hearing coming from the administration is saying, hey, look, if you don't go out and look for a job. We're going to cut you off. And if you get a job offer, we're going to cut you off. Now, yeah. first of all, I'm not a fan in today's current environment that we should be stacking, you know, all these unemployment benefits. And I haven't looked at exactly, you know, what Florida's doing or what Colorado's doing or California's well, doing. Well, DeSantis is stopping it at the end of the month. Okay. On top of what the federal government's doing. Yeah. Um, hey, look, you know, unemployment is supposed to be a safety net. Yeah. It's not supposed to be. That's just my opinion. And again, there are going to be a lot of haters out there and a lot of people that are going to disagree with me. But I, I, I believe it's a safety net. And clearly it's more than a safety net. And, and that is adding to the unemployment issue. But the other issue as it relates to unemployment, that is that the market, not the market, the economy is just booming. It is smoking. It is smoking. Demand is up significantly. And when, you know, so so demand is taken off. Employers need to hire people. Right. And people are slow to return to the workforce because, hey, savings rate was up significantly. That's the other thing that nobody's talking about. The savings rate. I can't remember what it was. Was at like a 20 year, a 15 or 20 year high during the pandemic during the last year. People were stocking away and putting more right. money in the bank than they had ever had before. On top of that, the market is going to, is smoking. Uh, you know, it's going. So they're, they're well, they getting, were also getting stimulus checks. Well, too. they're getting equity. But let's talk about it. So, you know, hey, look, man, you know, I've been saving money. My stock portfolio is going up or my 401k is going up. And, and you toss in, you know, what, the three stimulus checks mm -hmm. if you qualified to get the stimulus check. And it, it, there's just there's a lot of money out there compared right. To what we've seen before in the past, yeah, and and it's and we're going to talk about that inflation. It's going to change. How, how it I believe how it's going to change. Yeah. Okay. So the um yeah. So DeSantis has said, I believe that uh you know change the requirements for the state, and some other states have done it as well. I think there's a big push. Uh, I heard from one of the legislators, Florida legislators, this last week talking about it that the businesses are really hammering them. So I think it's going to change. The Democrats don't want it, you know, for whatever reason. Uh, I mean, for obvious reasons, but whatever. A lot of the Republican states are already doing it. There'll probably be a bigger push. Um you know, to, to change that, which is good. So the education, you know, we talked about it a little bit. Uh, we talked about it like all last week is the, it came out this week, you know, uh, that the CDC had coordinated with the teachers unions to keep the school shut. Now that to me, I, I that totally makes sense to me. 
right? Because the teachers unions in California, where they were devastating the schools and a lot of other states, Michigan's still doing it. So um, I know you care about Florida, but it affects the, the country writ large. But the, um, you know, we discussed about education and how your thoughts on what the changes of education will be. Uh, there's also a lot of talk about about trades, emphasis on trades with the jobs that we need, Phil, which is great. Again, if anybody has connections to Mike Rowe, please contact him and ask him to come on because I want to get him on the show to talk about that, you know, the importance of trades. He has a great foundation. He's trying to, you know, give money away for school. So you can go to school, get a trade, make good money. Okay. My nephew's under 30, makes $100,000 a year doing wind turbines. It's good money out there. No debt for school. Anyways, so when Karen finds out Okay, that her kids, you know, were screwed on purpose by the guy she voted for who coordinate, you know, the the teachers union president is the biggest Biden donor uh, and she's a big supporter of Biden. Okay, so they did. It's it's a fact that they that they coordinated. Okay, not even having, you know, even not having mean tweets will not be enough for her to be angry about what has been done. And I talked about this on my Saturday show. Savannah Guthrie has been one of the only people that has really hammered on the issue of why can't my kid not wear a mask? Why can't the kids go back to school? You know, and Fauci, I think, is in the hot seat. We're not going to get into the politics of it, but that's a really big, serious deal to find out, you know, that the CDC had coordinated with the teachers unions to keep kids shut. A lot of anxiety, a lot of suicides, a lot of very long-term damage to come out of that. That's going to affect the economy, I think, long-term. But the jobs issue is one thing. Uh, you know, the border is another, right? And even the jo- the, the, first of all, let me just the, the, let, let me just comment. The, the jobs issue, I I believe in. Well, look, you you can't look at any one single number. Brooke, for anybody to look at one single number, that's the person who's they're not day trading, but that's the short term thinker. You've got to look at a series of numbers. You know, let's look at what the job reports are going to be. You know, this next quarter. You know, so we watch them this month. We see what happens next month. We see what happens next month. I personally think. It's a little bit, you know, and, and this term might be overused a little bit. It's a little bit of a blip on the radar. And yeah, the, was it the unexpected? The bad jobs numbers, you mean? Yeah, the bad job numbers. Yeah. I mean, it caught it caught a lot of people, even the experts, um, by surprise. Um, I think it's going to take a while for people to get back to work. I honestly do. It, it just, yeah. the human nature is that once, you know, even yeah. I'm talking about myself, you know, once yeah. I've taken some time off, you know, to get back going again. Um, you know, sometimes, you know, it just, it's, it, it takes a little bit of, it just takes a little bit of time. So, but at, at some point, at some point, those two lines have got to intersect, have got to cross. And if they do again. cut it off, they'll be forced to. Well, they've they, yeah. sure. Of, yeah. of course. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, so I'm not referring to the job. I'm just saying like in the macro, so that you have the jobs issue, whatever, you know, I know you think it's going to change, but, but then you have the border is another and then you have uh even the regime says that the army corps of engineers will resume building trump's wall which i find is very interesting we're going to get into that in a bit on the infrastructure issue because of commodities but i want to talk about obviously this is the so the jobs issue is one thing right but the big issue this week is obviously the colonial pipeline and the you know the hack right and the subsequent shutdown so that's a total that's a total failure of private industry nothing to do with the government no 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 that's fine i'm not talking about that but what i mean is that that's a big story of the week for economics. Now, I know, and I know this was your position, that it's a short-term thing. That's fine. It's it's back up. But the, um, you know, it was quickly restored and everything. It didn't really affect Florida, even though our awesome governor did declare a state of emergency, just in case. And there were, of course, the people that were, you know, hoarding. The the very... Uh, the, the shortage non- was... Cr- the, huh? the, you you, no, you, you got to stop there. The shortage was absolutely created by the hoarding. 
the shortage, listen to this, the shortage was created by the hoarding. So you go ahead and you take the west coast of Florida, which the which the gasoline comes. Well, there weren't shortages here. There are shortages oh, there, in the on the east coast. Oh no, there are shortages here. There were huh? shortages here. There were shortages here. There were there were tw- uh, 24, 48 hour shortages here. There were shortages up in Orlando. And what oh. my point is is that the consumer again overreacts. And, and you know I can't control the consumer. Right. But the consumer overreacts. It's like the person who's driving down the freeway and everybody's got to stop and look at the accident. Right. And it causes more accidents. Correct. You know, and, more and, and, by, and by, by the way, the accident that originally everybody looked at was just a fender bender. But of the five course. accidents back, you know, somebody rolled the car and they're being life flighted. That's right. that's it's it's just it's absolute silliness. It's, right. it's it is silliness. I'm not saying that the pipeline shut down is silliness. I'm saying the way as we as consumers reacted to it. And well, the way the there press is a lot of silliness. It, which is that some people actually this was there was a video I know from last year the video of the woman putting the gas in the bag. I didn't see that, but I heard about it. And oh I, my I god! Laughed. I it's about legit, fell out of the though. chair when I heard about that. <laughs> oh, it was crazy. But there were people that actually put gas in those big tote containers that don't close. Okay, the the idiocy with regard to it yes there was there was shortage but there is legitimate shortage in um the atlantic you think that that's for there was just not they they weren't delivering it you think no that's my point my point no 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 no. what i'm saying is the pipeline look our gas pumps aren't connected to the pipeline brook right. what happens is you know the fuel comes down the pipeline and it goes to tank farms right and it goes to tank farms up and down the eastern seaboard then trucks move it from the tank farms to the local gas stations. Okay. So we, we had gas. We, we certainly had more than a week supply of gas sitting in the tank farms. What created the shortage was everybody running to the gas stations. There were some spot shortages of regular gasoline. And when I mean spot, I mean spot one or 2%. Right. But what happened is everybody running and grab it. What causes shortage? Scarcity. Scarcity can be real. It can be a perception or it can be a combination of the two things. So, right. you know, people are sitting here like going, oh, my God, again, chicken little, the sky is falling. Right. And they run to the gas. It's like toilet paper shortage. Look, people aren't going to the bathroom more because there's a shortage <laughs> of toilet paper. They're just not. I, yeah. I mean, it's like, come on, guys, buy well, the, what you need, you know. Well, here's what happened with that, though. The reason <coughs> I, the, the toilet shortage, paper shortage was such an insanity. I, I can I still do. But there were there were reports at the beginning of the pandemic and they had the videos of the fallout, those videos from China where people would just be on the street and they just fall out. I think they were totally staged. But they said that people got diarrhea as a result of Corona at the very beginning. And I think that's what it did it. That's what created the shortage. So people were freaking out that they're not going to have enough because they're going to have diarrhea. But it's okay. Well, let me ask you this. Did you rush and did you hoard toilet paper? No, I didn't. And I'm not saying that I hold anything against the people that did, but I'm sitting here scratching. But I did get a little bit more. But I'm sitting here. I'm sitting here scratching my head, like going, "Why are people doing this?" Again, I don't care why they're doing it. I I don't care why they're doing it from a business point of view. I, I don't care why they're doing it. You know, I'm the first guy who's going to say, okay, well, great. You know, maybe I should go ahead and buy some toilet paper and mark it up you know, and resell it. <laughs> I mean, I didn't do that, but it's like, you know, that's the business uh, person or the business mind percent. thinking about it. Yeah. Um, but anyway, getting back to the gasoline issue. Um, yeah, I thought that was that was a total failure, you know, on Colonial Pipeline's part. You know, that's a, a Koch Brothers 
you know, operation. You know, three years ago, three and a half, four years ago, you know, there was an audit of their cybersecurity systems and it was a disaster. Well, clearly in that three year period of time, nothing changed. Yeah. Um, you know, there's, you know, again, I don't know for fact, but the New York Times and the Washington Post and the uh, Wall Street Journal are reporting that they paid four to five million dollars. Five million. Yeah, I was going to, you know, to that. go ahead and get the thing back up and operating again. You know, and that's like not a know, good you, idea, don't you think? I mean, well, to pay ransom. I, yeah, I think it is a good idea. Really? I, I think, yeah, business wise, it is a good idea. Sure. Because it's like you and I having to pay a dime for a piece of bubble gum so that we can have our meal. Uh-huh. You know, it's like, OK, you know, just just do it. Just do it. It's it's the cost of doing business. It's the cost of a flat tire if you're in the trucking industry. You know, you're just going to go ahead and do it. It's a wake up call. It should be a wake up call for it's not just here in America, but system. for businesses around the world. You know, yeah. and if you know, so I just I've, I found the whole thing fascinating. Again, I, I'm very interested in, you know, how they responded to that and what they did and but their systems I guess just from what I read you know they're just archaic they're really you know come on you know look at it today you know we rely upon everything you know digitally everything our computers everything and I mean there was even a conspiracy theory that somebody was floating out there that there really wasn't a shutdown of the pipeline that they just shut down the systems because they could no longer build their customers you know and that's the kind of and you're gonna you're gonna see more about this in the future you, you're going to see people start talking about this conspiracy right. that, hey, Colonial wanted to shut it down because they didn't want to deliver the product without being able to bill their customers. Well, there's another and, conspiracy. There's a video out there of someone getting gas from the, I don't, I don't know where it was, the wraps for regular and mid-grade were, were they had, the pumps had wraps on them. And the only one available was, was the, the most expensive one. And those were available and the person took the pump with the wrap on it and was able to pump gas. So the conspiracy is that they wanted to be able to charge the highest price for the gas. So there are lots of conspiracies for sure. Well, there's, there's, you know, there's, that's, I'm not going to say that there isn't a bad actor or two that can do that, but the reality is you don't have to put a wrap on it because all you got to do is turn the damn pump off. <laughs> no, but the pump. No, but the point station. was is that the pump was on for the highest expense, the the most expensive gas, the super premium. I understand but, that. That's why I don't believe it. I don't believe yeah. it because if I wanted to go ahead and put a wrap on it, unless someone was just an idiot, which is possible. Well, I'm going to people turn the, see the wrap. They're not going to get the I'm gas. Gonna turn the, I'm going to turn the pump off. Yeah. <laughs> no. Well, so but what what the one of the problems too I think is the perception right is because Biden stopped the Keystone Pipeline, but. Here's the funny part is that Jennifer Granholm, I guess she's the, you know, the head of that and Carrie, right? The guy who flies private and then says you have to sacrifice um, and doesn't pay his own taxes. Yeah, I said it. So they both said, even after the Biden is complaining about the pipeline, that the pipeline is the most effective way to deliver natural gas. So I thought that was a very interesting uh, development that they actually admitted that, you know, but why, why do you honestly... Why do you think that he would stop the Keystone Pipeline? And my my question is always in these situations, who would it benefit? Is there a Democrat donor or beyond this sort of green, you know, the green hysteria about we can't have pipelines? I honestly I honestly think it's a it's a value decision. Uh, you, you know, you might value say cultural mean not money value. It's yeah, a, not it's money a, value. Yeah, but yeah. I, I hey, look, you know, Biden reminds me of an individual, of a person and his administration, in my opinion, reflects this, that he does really believe in um, getting this country to, you know, this 30 percent goal as, you know, the Green New Deal 
um, you know, supports. You know, Biden Biden wants to go ahead and reduce our, our the carbon footprint um, in the United States. And we have a ma- we have amazing accomplishment on that already. And China, no, I don't, I don't, don't. I don't disagree with you. Yeah, I'm just saying that you know, come on, just look at everything that he talks about. You know, I mean, he this is what he campaigned on. You know, this is what he started signing executive orders on. This well, is what he started. Um, you know, he just he's he's, he's right. got all kinds of legislation that he's talking about. This is I, I honestly believe it has to do with the environment. You know, Biden is a very he's a he's a pro environment. Just for a lack of a better word, you're going to call it something else. But he's a pro environment president. He he wants to take us places that, you know, we're we're well, first of all, I don't believe we're going to go. I'm just being honest with you. I just I, you know, we're going to go kicking and screaming and, and, you know, certain parts of it will get through and be OK. But from a business point of view, look, then, you know, we talk about the next trillionaire and the next trillionaire is going to be somebody who figures out this energy deal. You know, somebody who really does come up with an economical you know, system or process for renewable energy. It just it, it, it that is going to be the person. It's not going to be Bezos. It's not going to be Musk unless unless they're the ones who come up with some kind of system or technology for for green energy. It's it's going to be huge because the whole world is clamoring for it. I'm not saying I'm not talking about the politics of it. Right. Forget the politics for a minute. But if I had, you know, one hundred million dollars and I want to invest one hundred million dollars, I'm telling you, 25 to 50 percent of my portfolio would be in looking at things like renewable energy, you know, lithium batteries. I'm looking at the commodity markets like silver, you know, with silver. Well, where do you have to get the, where do you get those components? And are and is that mean? because we're I want to talk about Bitcoin in a little bit, but mm-hmm. but so because that's a different type of currency and so, you know Elon Musk doesn't want to have it anymore. But the point is like the 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 cure in some of these situations is worse than the disease. Right. Well, I, so, I, I, I don't disagree with that, but that's been that's been our history. That's been ever, ever since the history of man. We've made mistakes and we trip over our you know what's at times, you know, our own feet. And it just, it just it's, you, you got to come on. It's it's like, you know, nothing's going to be perfect. You know, it's 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 always we're always moving in a certain direction and the direction that the world is moving in is toward, you know, trying to have less of an impact on the planet. And I'm not saying that we won't pull back from that and go in another direction in 50 years. But right now, the direction that the planet is going is, is that they want to minimize the human impact on the planet. So if I'm a business person or I'm an investor, I'm going to become an expert in some small segment of that market. And that's that's where significant money is going to be made. Right. Well, and that's that's all well and good. And I'm listen. I'm the biggest tree hugger out there. I'm serious. I'm a conservative tree hugger. I've written an article on that. I, I have some of the development stuff to me is like they have they ought to have mandatory amount of trees and everything like that when you build a development. A lot of habitats getting destroyed. But one of the things that is the byproduct is like, okay, well, and I think this is on the feel good. You know, you're very practical. The wind turbines, right? How many millions of birds are killed? by the wind turbines. So the idea, and it doesn't always work. I mean, the grid in in Texas over the winter, right? So they had these wind turbines. It didn't work. They froze and they didn't didn't offer the the answer. No, 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 that's not not accurate, Brooke. That is not accurate. The the failure in Texas, the the wind turbines actually produced something like at 80, 85% capacity. It was the rest of the grid that came down 
It was the actual infrastructure of the grid. The turbines plugged into the grid. Go back and check your facts and check your numbers on that. I'm telling you the turbines. At first, everybody, again, chicken little came out. It's the turbines. It's this, it's that. It wasn't the turbines. The turbines operated just fine. We operate turbines in Norway and we operate. You know, uh, you know, up in the Arctic Circle. I mean, the technology for the turbines has been developed for decades. Um, but how and, is it and you're, good? Okay, and, so and you're right. The how is it good for the environment if you have a million birds that are slaughtered from those from those so-called environmental we, systems? We, 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 we've got millions of birds that are being killed by, you know, air traffic out there. Millions. Nobody, absolutely. We, Turbines are not killing more more birds than um, proportionately than other technologies or other industries out there. They're just not. I mean, they're, I, they're not. I'd have to go back and look at it, and we'll put it on for the agenda for next week. All right, but good. I'm telling, but I'm telling you, the turbines are okay. The world should quit picking up the turbines. I mean, it, it is an absolutely viable, um, you know, alternative form of alternative energy. Um, but I think that... The, you know, we got to look at some of the other things because I do agree with you, you know, that some of the not the technologies necessarily, but some of the ideas or the theories behind the Green New Deal. Um, absolutely. You know, they, they could unemploy people, you know, they absolutely right, the law could, of unintended you know, close consequences. Our, right. You know, they could, you know, close certain types of factories and things like that. You know, you got to deal with the issue of, well, wait a minute, we're cleaning up our air. But how come the air in the well, world? That's what I want to talk how come yeah, the air in the world keeps getting dirtier? It's because other countries, you know, don't have to go by the same, you know, rules that 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 we go after. Hey, hey look, I get all of that, but let, let's not throw out the baby with the bathwater. There, this country is leading, you yeah. know, in technology as it relates to some of these clean air or clean environment or pro Earth stuff. And you know, sometimes I don't think we get the credit that we should get for we it. We don't. But, we don't. We um, don't get credit for a lot of things in this country. But and I want to talk about that. That leads into our next segment. So. The we do we are leading in that respect in all aspects of the environment clean air. Okay, the Paris Climate Accords, the Green New Deal, China is building coal plants. Okay, we're supposed to kill our to harm our economy and the short term put people out of jobs. Meanwhile, China doesn't have to do anything till 2050. Right. India also has four times the population of us. Terrible air quality and everything. So why? I mean, and a, a person who's a capitalist, why should we hurt our economy, right, by doing it now, but they don't have to do it until 2050? Well, first of all, I don't think anybody feels, including myself, that we need to necessarily hurt our economy. I understand your point, and I understand your argument. And the regulations move, hurt the economy. I the, I, I get yeah. that, but re, un, having total unfettered regulation. I'm not talking you know, about that. I'm talking about what they, the, the trillions of dollars that the left wants to put, you know, th their policies want to put on the economy, refitting every every building in the country. It doesn't make any sense. I said, well, 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 Brooke, I'm not here to talk about, you know, the politics or no, 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 I know. What, what the administration the is doing. I'm saying, hey, look, if if the government's going to go ahead and make us retrofit all the buildings, I'm going to get into the building retrofit business. Right. You know, and that's, you know, that's the difference in just philosophy between you and I. I'm going to say, great, I'm, that's a business I'm going to get into because the government's going to subsidize it. It's, you know, going to drive the demand up, you know, blah, 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 stuff like that. You know, I'm not going to get into the, you know, whether or not the government should or should not be doing that. You know, am I a fan of everything that the government is thinking about as it relates to? Um, I'm talking about it know, from a practical standpoint. I'm from if we're supposed to do something well, here, from a practical standpoint, that the other that the other countries don't have to do. From a practical standpoint, it isn't going to happen. You don't Parts think it's it. going to happen? 
I think parts of it will happen. But what? I think a vast. A you mean vast, the Green Deal? What yeah. parts of it? I, I don't know. I'm just telling you, if I had to put a percentage on, I bet you less than 25 percent of it's ever enacted. And why is that? Because it's just too massive. It's too big. OK, it's too it's it's way too ambitious. It's not it's not like saying, hey, look, we're going to build a railroad, you know, from coast to coast. You know, that is an ambitious product. Speaking of I got the train in the background there. That is an ambitious project at one point <laughs> in our country. But, you know, the Green New Deal is like saying we're going to rebuild the airlines. We're going to rebuild the cruise industry. We're going to rebuild the railroads. We're going to rebuild the energy industry. We're going to rebuild manufacturing and we're going to do it all in the next 30 years. It just it's just not and, and from my point of view, it's just not pragmatic. It's just we don't have the technology yet. I mean, we will have technology, you know, as we move forward, but it's just incredibly ambitious. It, it lacks focus. It's not it's not like the you think it's a feel good measure. I think so I think it's something? an administration. I think it's a group of guys and gals who are dreaming big. I yeah. think they're dreaming beyond our not our capability. It, it's it, they're, they're dreaming beyond what we're willing to do. You know, when it comes down to brass tacks, when it comes down, you know, the 330 million of us, you know, half of us want to do it and half of us don't. In order to tackle and chew off on something like that, you're going to need to help. You're going you're to need 80 percent of the population. That'll want to do this because it's going to take so much money you because mean? it's just it's going to take so much money. It's going to take so much energy and it's going to change. It's going to take a change in our lifestyle. I mean, look at, you know, look, look at the look at the electric car industry, which, by the way, I'm a big fan of. You know, uh-huh. I love electric cars. But did you know, 30 percent of all people who buy Teslas go back to a gas powered car? Yeah. So what's the number See? one reason? And you, you know the reason. What's the reason they do that? Convenience. Well, right. Because they can't. You know, I want to drive to Tennessee, you know. Right. And I, Tesla's as, as I can my F-250 pickup truck, right. you know, where there's a gas station all along the way. But what well, the Green New Deal is going to put a charging station in every mile, I, right? Bingo, you're right. But that, what that tells me is that as part of the Green New Deal possibly goes into effect, I would invest in charging stations. But we're 20 years from that. Really? Do you know how okay. long it would take us to put a charging station, enough charging station? And not only that, but we also have to work on the te- the battery technology, which is constantly changing all the time. You know, if we could get battery technology to go, you know, recharge on a thousand miles instead of, you know, between 80 and 400 miles or 450 miles, you know, that right, would but be don't a the battery, difference. Don't the charging stations also use uh, uh, electricity and fossil fuels? Right? They do, but they use electricity and fossil fuels, but they also use electricity and wind turbine. They use mm-hmm. electricity and solar. I mean, they, there, there's a lot of different ways for us to generate electricity. Yeah, there's a lot of different ways. By the way, I'm not saying that we should as a country be totally, totally fossil fuel free. You know, I am a big believer in our energy needs to be a diverse source. You know, I'm not for just coal. I'm not just for gas. I believe, you know, it's like it's like a portfolio investment. You know, you got stocks, you got bonds, you got cash, you got commodities. Yeah, you have a well-balanced program. Yeah. Well, I want to get talk about little bit about that actually because the the green new deal so uh the right now you know you have said we have conversation before about the inflation you don't think that it was too much of a big deal i want to see one if you have changed your position no i haven't the ppi right now is 22 percent. the inflation is now the highest since 2008 which what happened the real estate crash now we're headed for a commercial real estate crash because of the pandemic shutdowns and what happened with the, the change in work do you one do you think okay so you don't change your position on that 
I want you to explain why not. Then I want okay. you to explain the you do believe that there's a commercial real estate crash. You don't do you not think that people are going to end up going back to work in a physical structure? Um, I think the, I think we'll see a hybrid of what we currently have today. But let's let's jump back to inflation and we'll jump on the real estate. Yeah. Uh, pending. Um, because I also want to talk. I want to relate it a little bit with the Green New Deal and the commodities prices of what would happen to things like copper if we did that. So go ahead. Okay. Well, first of all, the PPI. You know, look, the the, the PPI is a combination of ten thousand different measurements. Did you know that? So the producer price index. Right. Which used to be so it's called, not just which, so we. We have the but consumer it, price index is what the consumer pays. This is what the products that go into the final product, you know. Uh, yes, but get this. It's the perception. It's the consumer perception. It's not the actual cost. Okay. If you go back and look at it, it's actually, so I'm the consumer. I'm buying this product. It's my perception of what the wholesale cost is. Okay. It's not the actual. And on top of that, the PPI is literally a basket of 10,000 services and goods across the globe, not just the United States. Right. It used to be called the wholesale price index. They changed it, I forget, either in the 90s or in the 80s. The bottom line is that it is up significantly. When we look at it year over year, it's up 4.6%. So when you look at April of this year versus last year, well, last year it was down because it was in the pandemic. Right. If, If we had cruised along and the pandemic had not happened, we would be right where we're supposed to be. Okay. And nobody's talking about that. In other words, if it the, the 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 PPI, like the CPI, you know, for the most part, it always chugs up. I believe inflation is good. I, I do. I like inflation as a business person. Why? Okay. Well, because it, it it allows me to go ahead and produce a product today and sell it for more tomorrow. Okay. Okay. If you have deflation, I make something today. That means I got to sell it for less tomorrow. Oh right. Okay. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And so that, that that's, that's much trickier. It's doable, but it's much harder. It's much easier in business for me to know that I'm buying the cost of my goods lower and when I'm going to sell it because the CPI goes up every month a little bit, you know, a few basis points, I can get more money for it. But anyway, if if the pandemic had not happened and we had chugged along just like we've been chugging along over the last two years, five years, seven years, guess what? We would be right where we, we would be right at the exact same place. The number one driver of the PPI happens to be the cost of steel. Okay. The cost of steel has gone up crazy. It's like up 18.4%. Right. Okay. So the other things that have gone up, we've got beef, veal, pork, and the resident. What else has gone up? The cost Lumber. of housing. Lumber. The cost of housing. Crazy, yeah. crazy, crazy, crazy yeah, stuff. Yeah. Plastics, um, some, some materials have all gone up. Why has but, the cost of housing gone up? The cost of housing has gone up because the cost of lumber has gone up because people are just buying right. homes left and right. Okay, right. But here's the biggest thing I want to let you know, not only with the PPI and the CPI, but just inflation in general. Inflation is going to go up and it's going to go up hard because people are willing to pay for it. They want this stuff. And scarcity and demand, when you put those two things together, cause things to go up. And as long as people are willing to pay for it. You know, I think it's going to get really hot. I think the economy could get overheated. And then, you know, probably one of the things you're curious about is I think that the Fed's going to step in and they're going to start increasing interest rates. And interest rates have got to move. Interest rates over the yeah. last 10 years have been way, way from just my point of view, too low. Right. And they, you know, well, what so does that mean? So what does that mean for the, well, for the servicing is, of the debt? <laughs> well, it, 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 first of all, our debt is at the lower interest rate, so it doesn't matter. Matter of fact, higher interest rates would probably stop Congress from borrowing 
it would it would it would tamper their their appetite for for borrowing just like everybody else. When interest rates goes up, we see housing start slowing down and the prices start to fall or flatten out. Right. And Congress works the same way. When the interest rate goes up, in general, in general, not always, you know, it's not since when we're in a crisis or in a time of war, but in general, Congress. They, 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 their appetite for borrowing is not as rabid as it is today. I mean, one of the re- I mean, look at it. The Republicans are as bad as the Democrats. Oh, no. Don't, yeah, yeah. I always talk about the Republicans. Because interest rate is practically yeah. non-existent. You know, it's no, like it's a money. uniparty for sure. I mean, remember we talked last week about the, the government was talking about, you know, issuing 100-year bonds, savings yeah. bonds. <laughs> you know, I mean, like, oh, my God, that's that, that blows my mind. But, well, they're going to cry out back all the people and then they're going to be able to come back and get their bonds, their payouts. But it's crazy. Yeah. But on the PPI, get, get this, gasoline was down 3.4% in April. And nobody's talking about it. Right. The PPI, gas, the cost of gas, so-so cost of gas, based upon the public's perception, was down 3.4%. You know you know what else was down? Chicken. Uh, egg, down? Down. And the CPI, you know, was, what was the CPI? I think the CPI was up. It was up, but it wasn't, you know. I, I personally, I'm not worried about it. And let me tell you why. Here's what I learned a long time ago, especially when it comes to inflation. <clears throat> people change their habits. When the cost of steak and pork goes up, people quit buying steak and pork because chicken has gone down in price. So people go buy chicken and eggs. Right. And I see this over and over again. So when I used to go out and I used to negotiate deals, especially real estate deals, and especially on leases, everybody wants to go ahead and tie annual increases into the cost of procuring the lease or the product. They want to say, hey, look, you know, we, we're going to adjust your rent every year based upon the CPI. And I go, wait a minute, you can't do that. That's not fair. And they go, well, why do you say that? And I go, because your costs are fixed. You've purchased the property. Your interest rate's fixed. The, really, the only variable you have, you might have, might be taxes, you know, lease tax, or there might be the cost of insurance on the property. But everything else is fixed. Now, what do you think is a fair rate of return on your property? And most people are going to say, hey, somewhere between, you know, you know, during bad times, they're going to say five to 10%. During good times, they're going to say somewhere between eight and 12%. And I say, hey, look, I need to know what my costs are. I'm willing to go ahead and give you an annualized rate of return on your property of 10%. And I just want to know what my rates are going to go up. And we would negotiate a fixed rate. And we would not use the CPI. The people that are using CPIs for negotiating business deals, um, I'd, I'd, I'd like to give them a lesson in that. <laughs> it, it's a it's a it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a nice measurement and it's a nice talking point, you know, when we watch it on TV and stuff like that. But the world changes, you know, when the cost of steel you know, goes up 18 percent. There are some things, you know, you can't live without as it relates to steel. But guess yeah. what? If I can substitute something else, you know, and not use steel, I'm going to use it. If I can use carbon fiber, if I can use plastic, I'm going to use it. You know, when I go into Home Depot and the cost of plywood is 80 dollars. And then six months ago, it was $18. It's insane. Guess what? I'm not doing my project at 80 bucks. Right. You know, but the people who are doing the projects are the home builders. Well, guess what? That, that, they're, th- this is not going to continue because as the inflation goes, the Fed's going to stop in, raise why interest is rates. It up, why is lumber up so much? Because there's a shortage of it. We, we, we just can't cut Do it. Do we get it here? Uh, we get it all over the world. We get a lot of it here, but we get a lot of it from China. We get a lot mm-hmm. of it from... You know, places like Brazil and we, we get we get wood from all over the world. But the cost, there's the building boom in the world. People are just building, building, building. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. 
So inflation is going to go up. You're going to watch interest rates are going to go up and you're going to watch the housing market's going to start to cool off. And, you know, that will put some stress, you know, on the building markets and the building trades, you know, so those people won't be as busy. They're going to, you know, all the people who've been working, you know, for 36 months straight now, they're going to have to find, you know, something else to do. And this whole thing is going to adjust out. It's going to, I'm not concerned by this at all. I think we're going to see what people perceive as runaway inflation, you know, for the next three to six months. But I'm not worried about it. The U.S. dollar is still the, the world currency and it's, you know, hey, look, if you want to do business in the world, you got to do business in U.S. dollars. Yeah. Well, we talked a little bit about that and you don't think that's going to change. I know that, you know, I listen to Glenn Beck show and he he is always thinking that it's just going to change to complete crypto. And there was a there was not, a magazine. I don't remember the magazine cover. They're talking about gov coins. Happen. Yeah. You saw Doge that? Coins. Yeah, yeah. It's not going to. It's just. Hey, look, you know, that, I think that guy's a lot smarter than I am. I just think he's wrong on this particular topic. Yeah. It just. Look, you as he's a consumer, kind of a little guy. I mean, that's you know, <laughs> you, I get that. You, you, you yeah. as a consumer, gold, way, so. you as a consumer, are not going to take your paycheck and convert it to cryptocurrency and go down to Publix. You yeah. just ain't going to do it. Yeah, Especially yeah, when yeah. one day it's trading at fifty grand, another day it's at thirty, and another day right. it's at sixty-five. You ain't going to do it. Right. Well, I'm just, not going to do it because I don't know enough about it. I don't understand cryptocurrency at all. But get it, I'm going to get into it a little bit with the Tesla thing. But I do want to talk about this so that, the, you know, not to belabor the Green New Deal. But if they do, even 25%, what happens to the commodity prices like copper if the government if they do, does that? I'm not following you. If they do what at 25%? So if they do the Green New Deal with the infrastructure, right, even okay. if they do 25%, all of those commodity prices are going to go up because you're going to have the government doing massive purchasing of those products. Isn't that going to make everything? No, 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 no. First of all, the Green New Deal won't happen that way. The Green New Deal will happen. The Green New Deal, from my perception, they're going to force me to go ahead and do certain things. That, that's that's what they're going to do. I mean, uh, you, know, it, you know, let's just take it to the extreme. Let's say the government's going to come out and say, hey, look, we have to use it different type of insulation in our homes, Kevin, you know, within 10 years, you must have a certain type of insulation in your home. I go to the government and say, hey, look, I can't afford it. The government's going to say, okay, well, you know, they're going to come in, do an assessment, look at my home. You know, they do this on roofs and air conditioners and windows. They do this in other, the Green New Deal is already in place um, in certain parts of um, our economy. We don't understand that. You know, like, like solar hurricane, panels, subsidies yeah, solar and panels, stuff. Yeah, solar panels, hurricane, you know. And, they, and they're just going to subsidize it. I mean, that's, mm. when, when I talk about subsidize it, they're not going to subsidize it through direct subsidies, but they're going to do it through loans or guarantees of loans. So they're going to say, hey, look, you got 10 or tax years cuts, to convert. Right? Like if you get sold, you get a tax break. Right. You know, things yeah. like that. So it's, it's not going to be a, a one size fits all. And on top of that, they'll take the money, whatever money they want to spend on them. They're going to treat it like unemployment. They're going to send it to the states and let the states decide on how they're going to do it. This is going to be a very complex because you, one size, you cannot do a one size fits all. You yeah. can't say, hey, how you deal with it in Alaska is going to be the same as how you deal with it in Florida. Well, hopefully that's the case because it's totally true. The same thing with minimum wage, you know, it costs different different amounts to work in different places. But also, let me let me tell you this now. I mean, look, they can't move minimum wage. There's right. a lot of talk and there's a lot of heated, passionate conversation about, but they can't get it done. <laughs> They can't get it not done. Not at the federal level, yeah. Not at the federal level. They do it level. at the state level, it fails, and then they go back, yeah. They can't get it done. You know, the feds start talking about trying to do a $15. They, I mean, I, you know, I, I can't say for sure, but I just don't see a $15 federal minimum wage 
you know, and, and, and watch me be wrong about this because, yeah. you know, again, what it costs to be in a certain part of the country versus yeah. another part of the country. You got you got to leave the stuff up to the states. You're in in it, Oklahoma. You you, you have to you have San Francisco, you, California. Right. It's not somehow the same. you have to you have to leave this up to the states. The yeah. states have to decide on what <clears throat> you know what the minimum wage is. Now I like what the federal government has done in some aspects when they've said, you know, hey, look, if you're going to be a contractor, you're going to be providing services and goods to the United States government. We're going to have a federal minimum wage. Um, yeah. And they've done that. They've done yeah. that. You know, Biden did that recently through an executive order. Again, it'll be unwound, possibly, you know, by somebody. And executive orders expire when the administration ends. Um, but I could see something like something more along the lines of that. But again, getting back to the Green New Deal, I think the Green New Deal is a kind of the analogy is what we're trying to do with minimum wage. I mean, the minimum wage hasn't moved in decades. Right. You know, can you imagine trying to do a Green New Deal? It's it just. Yeah. Brooke, you're going to have you're going to have 20 or 30 grandkids by then. <laughs> not me honey uh, so so we talked about cryptocurrency like i said i don't really understand but elon musk uh said that tesla was now going to be he they're going to stop accepting bitcoin because of the environment it dropped instantly like half a trillion dollars what do you think about that two things first of all i think elon is again a brilliant man yeah um there are a lot of people that wish he would keep his mouth shut. You know, I kind of hope he huh? keeps talking. Really? Um, because it, it shows the volatility and the instability of cryptocurrency. When yeah, one people person shouldn't be taking their advice from him on cryptocurrency anyways. Well, right? ju well just the fact that one person could say something. Yeah. That he, he, that's more power than the president of the United States has. Yeah. Half a trillion. You know, so when one Same. person says something and it just – so – I, I honestly think that as Elon talks about it and others talk about it, and I'm picking on him, yeah. um, there are governments across this globe that are absolutely going to start regulating it. They're going to get involved. And, you know, even the Federal Reserve is starting to talk about it a little bit today. And, you know, all the banks are starting to talk about it. it the, the one thing cryptocurrency does is it's a very secure form of payment. It's an it's an incredible form of payment. It's a great form of payment if you're in an illegal business, but it's also a very strong form of payment. Um, if you're in business, the problem with it is it is just so volatile. Mm -hmm. You know, somebody buys a car today and, you know, Bitcoin's worth 50 grand. So I buy a car, you get one Bitcoin. Well, tomorrow, Bitcoin is worth $25,000. You know, I've just lost $25,000 on the sale yeah. of that car. Right. It's very, very, it, it's just, it's very volatile. It's like going to, to me, it's like going <laughs> to Vegas. It's just like going to Vegas. Yeah. So, you know, there's that point. The, the point that Elon talks in terms of the environment is absolutely true. Uh, data mining, you know, the verification of the yeah. of the of the is is incredibly it's a it's a very powerful energy hungry consumption process. Yeah. And um, and, and they'll, they'll figure that out You know, over time, you know, as the technology changes and chip technology changes. But it's because it, the currency is an electronic data and then we call it data mining or um, that's what they call it is data mining. It just takes an incredible amount of energy. And currently today, you know, the number, the, 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 the places where we see most of the data mining happening is in China and like up in the North Sea where um, electrical energy is very cheap because of the wind farms, by the way, I might add. Um, <laughs> Norway is one of, is one of the in, in the top three cryptocurrency really? data mining because the electricity is just so cheap. 
Um, and you can actually you can actually download apps and actually see where the data mining for cryptocurrencies across the globe are happening. And they really happen in a half a dozen, you know, half a dozen places. And it's where, where there's cheap energy. And speaking not, of not the wind whole, turbines, speaking of the but, wind turbines, there is a good thing. And this is, you know, this is good thing that people think about this stuff is that they actually determine by painting the turbine um, turbines a certain color that it stopped some of the birds from flying into them. So, you know, there's that. Always want to save the birds, but uh, the last little point here is you have been saying that there's going to be a major market correction this year, which kind of makes sense to me. How big, how soon, and what should people, like, what will you do to prepare for that? I would start slowly moving to cash. Okay. I, I you know, if I All have of four, it? No, 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 no. But let's say, you know, currently, you know, if I have a 401k and my 401k is, you know, strictly in stocks. Um, in investments, um, and I'm talking about individual stocks and investments, not necessarily mutual funds. Um, if they were in mutual funds, depending upon the track record of the mutual fund, if, if I'm in a mutual fund and it's got a, a solid 10-year history, 15-year history of performance, I'll probably leave it alone. But let's say if I've got it in you know, certain technology stocks, I'd be looking at the home building stuff. If I'm in home building, yeah. um, if I'm looking in the automotive stocks, um, I would, I would, I would start moving my money around. I'd start moving to cash. Um, and the only reason I would do that is just because I'm kind of, you know, I work so hard for my money. I'm willing to give away some of the upside just to go ahead and have it be a little bit safe. You know, I don't look at my investment strategy as a one hit wonder. I'm not, I'm not trying to, you know, make Vegas kind of money. I'm a plotter. I want to do the same things, you know, kind of month in a month out. When I talk market correction, I think the market correction could be huge. You know, do I think it's going to be 50%? No. But I think realistically, we could see a 25, maybe as high as a 30% market correction in the next, um, I would say, 6 to 18 months. I mean, I do. Now, I, do you, I, just, I, I know you don't want to talk about uh, politics. You think that affects the election? Oh, absolutely. Polit yeah. Look. The, with the with the exception of what recently happened in the previous administration, which is just a, in my opinion, you know, kind of a one-off, um, when the economy is doing well, and the stock market's doing well, that's almost an assurance that um, you know the current administration is going to get reelected. That that just, you know, what happened is the pandemic and you know some of the other stuff and you know some of the claims. No, I mean if know, there's a crash. Well, if there's a crash, if there's a, crash if there's a correction, the a 25 percent correction right before the election, you think that they win the midterms? No. No, right? No, I don't. Mm -hmm. Meaning you think the Democrats would lose the midterms? I do. Yeah. Yeah. OK. Yeah. 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 So I think it would. A really quick note on this. What impact, if any, uh, does the Israel, the current Israel situation have on the global economy? Um, I don't think it has a lot of impact. I think that. Um, what's going on in Israel right now, if Israel, um, you know, on a global basis, um, starts, um, for lack of a better description, you know, becoming aggressive toward, um, even more, you know, foreign states that, 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 that brings instability, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? And as instability happens, you know, people start looking for, toward the United States to try to quell or, you know, people start looking toward the United States as far as, you know, how they're going to handle it. People want to follow us. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, this flies in the face of people that, you know, want to talk about America first. Um, but the reality, you know, like the U.S. dollar, you know, people want the U.S. dollar and they want to trade in the U.S. dollar outside of the United States. People want to know what the United States is going to do. Um, I currently think as of right now, the United States is, is probably going to take a wait and see attitude. 
um, as to what happens. They're, you know, I think wars and political instability, you know, when it comes to different, you know, countries and things like that, I think it's going to be fought more from a technology point of view, you know, cyber attacks. Um, you know, I'm not saying that there isn't going to be this incredible violence that's currently going well. on, but I, I just, I don't think it's going to roil the markets too much. It would roil the markets if there was a flat out all war and it turned to a nuclear, you know, type yeah. of option. Um, but then that the whole, then the whole world becomes unstable, you know, right. that, you know, and I, I, you know, I don't think we see that um, okay. today. So is there any other, is there any other topic quickly that happened this week you think is important to discuss? You know, I think that I just want to, you know, just share with you and share with everybody else. I think that, you know, hey, look, everybody needs to just take a deep breath as the market's going through these, you know, these ups and downs and things like that. And people, you know, really need to not be emotional and people need to execute their strategies. And, you know, their strategies, you know, strategies change slowly. You don't just, you know, go, oh, my God, I'm out. Right. I always always want to say, hey, look, you only lose money when you sell. You know, if you if you if you bought at one place and you're selling at another place and if what you're selling is less than what you paid for, it, you know, that's the only time you lose money. If you hold if you hold it, you haven't lost any money yet. You haven't lost any money yet. And people seem have a tendency and seem that they want to go ahead and forget that. Yeah. Um, but just overall, Brick, I'm, I, I'm pretty confident and I don't think I'm a you know, I'm that smart, meaning I think everybody else, you know, who's who's much more of an expert at it than me, they're going to say, hey, we're going to see interest rates start to go up. We're going to continue to see inflation roll and inflation is going to go ahead and roll because the consumer is willing to pay for it. They just absolutely are willing to pay for it. I think we're going to see housing start to soften a little bit. We're going to see the uh, real estate crisis in the commercial markets. Those are the, the, there are going to be some challenging times there. It's going to be nothing like the residential real estate crisis we saw because residential oh, really? real estate. Yeah, the residential real estate crisis was you know underwritten and guaranteed and pushed by the federal government. The commercial real estate is not. Commercial okay. real estate's financed completely different than residential real estate is. It will put some stress on the banks, but there are new federal laws in place where banks have to pass their stress test. Um, right. A lot of the commercial lending is done, you know. So through, we're not going to underwrite that. We're, we underwrite we underwrite the banks, okay, but we're not underwriting the loans. Whereas before the federal government not only underwrote the banks, they underwrote the loans. Right. You know okay. they, and I'm oversimplifying, but oh. uh, we're going to see we're, we're going to see that you know the what the commercial real estate market is, uh, you know, just a crazy. I want to say eleven or twelve trillion dollar. No, I'm sorry, it's a fifteen trillion dollar um, industry. I, I think we could see, you know, in the United States, I, I we, we could see that come down to 12 trillion, you know, or 13 trillion here in the next couple of years, which is opportunity for some people that are investing. You know, yeah. uh, people are not going to return to the brick and mortar buildings that they used to. We are seeing a total shakeout in the retail industry um, really? as it relates to malls and things like that. But even those are being repurposed. You know, they're being converted to Amazon warehouses or, you know, office space of other types. Um, yeah. We'll get, in, think, we'll get into the fact of whether or not that's a, that's a coordinated effort too. Gee, all the people that gain so much money, a lot of circular uh, coordination there. But I know you don't want to get into the politics. So we will leave it at that. Thank you so much, Kevin K, for our latest edition of Friday Finance with Kevin K on BTA Overtime. I'm your host, Brooke Says, with Kevin K, and we will see you next time. Thanks, Brooke. Thank you.